Welcome to Life Quest Liberty, live in-depth conversations with today's top writers, editors, and spiritual leaders concerning religious freedom around the world. On today's broadcast, we'll examine local and international factors that may be impacting your right to worship and obey God as your conscience dictates. I'm your Life Quest Liberty host, Charles Mills. It's amazing how informed our fellow Americans are getting when it comes to politics these days. For the past 50 years, few of us knew anything about what is called the Johnson Amendment. Now it's a hot topic on social media. Well, what is it and why should we care? Here's Lincoln Steed, editor of Liberty Magazine, to help us know its history and why it's under fire today. Lincoln, help us out here. I'm going to give you an angle on this. You probably never heard anywhere. Okay, else. that will not surprise me. <laughs> <laughs> the Johnson Amendment was a U.S. tax code provision that was passed under the uh, sponsorship of then Senator Lyndon B. Johnson, mm-hmm. who later became President Lyndon B. Johnson, and uh, it was passed in 1954. Now, you've got to think, what was happening in 1954, hmm. or at least beginning to get underway, was the Civil Rights Movement. Right, right. What role did the churches play? Martin Luther King and his version or his aspect of the Baptists were front and center. I believe Lyndon Johnson had in his mind, as some of his peers did, that the emergent uh, social consciousness of the churches and their political activity need to be stopped. So they put something in that's eminently constitutional, a prohibition against non-profits, which includes all the churches, but not just churches, that non-profits couldn't endorse or oppose political candidates or uh, enter into the, you know, the whole political process directly. The irony is that after he became president with the assassination of John F. Kennedy, he determined to honor Kennedy's early promises to Martin Luther King and the uh, civil rights movement and became quite a champion of not only the civil rights movement, but the Great Society, which uh, designed to... People have forgotten it. I haven't heard anyone mention about Johnson's Great Society for years. It was his plan to rehabilitate the social situation for mostly then the uh, mostly black communities. So, you know, I'm not trying to damn Johnson. We know he was a hardcore, bigoted Southerner early on, and probably never greatly changed in his inner voice. But to his credit, he did follow through with Kennedy. He, he did act in good faith with Martin Luther King and the civil rights legislation in opposition to the states, remember. He brought out the National Guard to uh, deal with some of the situation. Right, right. And so in his era, in 1954, they set in place what is consistent with the Constitution, that the government should make no law establishing religion. And because of that, states, uh, churches are exempt from most government control and taxation, contributions to a church are tax-free and so on. And this is a great situation. Most churches are happy with it. Mm-hmm. But of recent years, a number of churches want to become very politically involved. And what I'm going to connect with, no one's mentioned that I can see in recent news reports, but it's very relevant. In... Uh, May 2002, the representative Walter Jones from North Carolina introduced the Houses of Worship Political Speech Protection Act, which otherwise known as the Jones Bill. 
And that was a legislative attempt by the politically active churches to uh, get rid of the Johnson Amendment and uh, free them up for unlimited political activity, unlimited political fundraising, which would override the McCain-Feingold campaign reform acts, as I remember. It was quite revolutionary. And in Liberty Magazine, I even had D. James Kennedy, television evangelist, who was one of the most vocal voices. I had him write an article. Hmm. He used to have a television program out of Coral Gables. And uh, his view was, unbind the churches, let them act. (laughs) (laughs) But in reality, the churches are free to speak openly on the great issues of the day from a moral perspective. They've been inhibited from being partisan. Unfortunately, in particular, black churches each election are inclined to get the candidate up and give them a pulpit for one party, not both. And increasingly, some of the religious right or fundamentalist or conservative churches enter into the political fray. It doesn't appear that anyone has been legally slapped on the hand for it. The closest we've come to it was under the Obama administration, there were charges that the IRS had picked on some of these, not just churches, but politically opposing non-profits. But, you know, now with Trump making promises, selling his soul to the religious right, because clearly they made the difference in the election, he's honoring a campaign promise to support them and openly suggesting that the... uh, Johnson Amendment be uh, revoked or ignored. The amendment is misleading because it's not a constitutional amendment, but it was quite consistent with the constitutional separation of church and state and non-establishment provision. Okay, identify for us what would happen if my local church exists and the Johnson Amendment doesn't. If their party loyalty is the Republicans, they'll bring the Republican candidates in and give them time to talk to the constituency. The pastor will uh, pump for them. They may take out ads in the local paper. They will, of course, be able to give tax deduction for contributions to the church that could be used for direct political activity. Mm -hmm. So they become basically uh, political action groups, like these super PACs that we're dealing with now. What no one's talking about But you've got to remember, politics is war by other means. Yes. (laughs) No. I mean, remember, I'm not sure yet that there was a campaign murmur by Trump when he lurked behind Hillary and says, if I'm elected, you'll be in jail, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Often, in many countries, and even sometimes in Western countries, the losers pay a penalty Mm. and be quite severe. And so the danger on this, one of the dangers that no one's talking about is just say a church goes all out and supports not just a candidate, but a party and a a political uh, platform during an election, and and that party loses. What does that mean? The other party is now opposed to the church Mm. and can punish them in various ways. You don't want that. Hardly anybody thinks about that. But that's how the world works. That's how politics works. And so there's good practical reasons for the church to keep out of overt party politics. I don't think the church should ever be out of politics, nor anyone listening to this program knows we're talking politics all the time. Yes. It's a discussion of political goings-on, and, and, and in our case, trying to put a moral cast and interpretation to things. That's not forbidden. It's partisan party politicking that has been really off base for uh, 5013C nonprofits 
most particularly the church. You know, as I hear you talk about this, Lincoln, and let's say the Johnson Amendment goes away and my church, my Seventh-day Adventist church, then is free to get behind whoever they want. In other words, they can put a picture of an elephant or a picture of a donkey over the front door of the church. I pay offerings and tithe to my church, have all my life. I will suddenly look at that and, well, you know, I don't like that candidate. I don't want my money to go to a church that is supporting that candidate. I think that the church would suffer financially if they did something like this. Am I on the wrong track here? Well, of course. It will politicize the church membership. Yes, yes. Uh, And if they're not all of a similar political viewpoint, they'll split away and remove their support. But also... It's tax deductible and money foregone by the government is seen by other citizens as really a subsidy of that organization. Right, exactly. So, so regular citizens are going to feel, uh, you know, why should I support this particular church group? They're basically supporting someone that, that I disagree with politically. So. Yeah, why should I have a Bible study from them? Why should I go to an evangelistic? Why should I watch their television program or listen to their radio program, right? Yeah. So, no. There are traps all around on this. It compromises the voice of the church. It will compromise their member support, financial support, and it will uh, dare opponents in the general public to uh, come after them for using their money in a way they're uncomfortable with. So uh, they could be risking far more than the loss of influence that they think they presently have, which is not true because the churches have the bully pulpit and the high moral pulpit. And uh, uh, if a church has integrity, people listen to them. I've heard some people say, well, this is reducing the fact that the Johnson Amendment is in place. This is disabling the free speech of our church and our pastor and our members. It's not doing that at all. You made that clear at the beginning. I have seen comments acknowledging that this is not a rigorously applied amendment or law, Mm -hmm. but it's a break on an unfettered uh, political involvement of the churches. It's, it's, it's functioned as an inhibition, but the penalties haven't been egregious. It's really just functioned to keep the church in the right place, mm-hmm. functioning more on issues and, you know, morality and, 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 and public issues that bear on, on, on Christian or religious morality. But remove the Johnson Amendment, which is more than a legal change. In other words, give in to the inclination of highly politicized uh, religious leaders, Mm -hmm. and they will subvert themselves publicly in full view. They will uh, reinvent themselves in the medieval model. Yeah, yeah. So the Johnson Amendment, as we face this fight, uh, how should we pray? What should we be saying to our members? How should we face this thing, Lincoln Steed? Well, on one level, I'm a bit of a fatalist because... It's obvious that the Trump administration have given a commitment to remove this. It's obvious that the factions in the religious coalition that backed him expect this. And the law will just formalize what they have become anyway. This is true. You know, even if the law was stopped, it's obvious. It's been happening for a few cycles now. The churches are becoming thoroughly politicized. The moral majority in that emerging uh, political faction you remember they drew up voter lists yes. where they would tell their members where uh, 
the different candidates voted on each issue, and so they would bring pressure to bear to vote them out of office because of that. It started harmlessly, but it ends up that they're nothing but a political action group. And and now we've seen it in the worst case. Donald Trump, who you know, we all hope and pray, turns out to be a good president. Yeah. But there was nothing to recommend him to the religious faction whatsoever, except they hated Hillary because of the Democrats' support for uh, abortion. Right. And on a one-note issue, they were looking for anybody else. And Trump, a secularist who has uh, Second Corinthians troubles, <laughs> they've been bought for a mess of pottage. Oh, boy. Well, listener, we are here to help and keep you on the right track here on our website and the magazine, the website libertymagazine.org. There you can read the articles from the magazine and subscribe as well for you or for someone that you care about, someone in your community possibly. That's all at libertymagazine.org. Until next time, this is Charles Mills along with Lincoln Steed, editor of Liberty Magazine, inviting you to rest in the freedom of God's love. Goodbye, everyone. If you'd like more information about LifeQuest Liberty, call Three Angels Broadcasting Network at 618-627-4651 or email us through our website at 3abn.org. Join us again next week at this same time as we examine more of the threats and challenges facing your religious freedom. May God keep the flames of liberty burning in your heart today. Today.